Hi, this is Holly Dowling with the World of Speakers podcast with Ryan Folan, and we just had the most amazing conversation and all kinds of secret little innuendos, tips and tricks, and things that most people aren't talking about that can make a huge difference in the world for speakers today. Welcome to the World of Speakers podcast brought to you by Speaker Hub. In each episode, we interview a professional speaker and reveal their very best tips and tricks. You'll learn to improve your presentation skills, keep your audience engaged, and learn how to grow your business to get more gigs and make more money. Here's your host, Ryan Foland. And welcome back here to the World of Speakers podcast. I am super pumped because I have a fellow high energy person on the line. Her name is Holly Dowling, and I have not met her before, so I am super pumped just like you listening to get to know her, get to know her tips, and then see how she can help us in the way we communicate. Holly, ahoy, how are you? Oh, Ryan, I'm so excited. Thank <laughs> you, my friend. We are already best friends. Can't you just tell? It's the yes, end, right? <laughs> it is. Now, are you ginger by chance? I am not. Uh, that's okay. Oh. We'll see. I, I'm ginger, and I, I automatically connect with other gingers. But the good news is, I think ginger is a state of mind. So we all have a chance of being more ginger. So technically... If you don't get anything from this call other than the fact that you can now claim to be ginger, it's a win for me and the ginger nation. Well, I'm going <laughs> to own it, and then I'm going to go figure out what does that mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's actually a, a, a debate that I have going back and forth with a few people on Twitter about the origins of ginger. And when I refer to it, I've sort of reclaimed the word about you know my red beard and my freckles and my, and my amazing fair skin that as a child was a disadvantage, but I'm reclaiming it. Um, but somebody is saying that Ginger, the character whose name was Ginger on Gilligan's Island, was somebody who sort of popularized Ginger being associated with redheads. Well, you know, I have to say, I was a diehard watching that show, Gilligan's Island, and I yeah. used to dream of being Ginger. And actually, you're going <laughs> to flip out because there's a part of my past that has a lot to do with why I help and love to empower people to go after their dreams. So Ginger, you just opened up an entire world, Ryan. <laughs> well, talk to us. I mean, okay, this is perfect, right? This is a serendipitous intro. Tell us about kind of your story and, and definitely weave in some Ginger. Oh, I love that. Well, and I just thank you. Thank you for not starting with the infamous line that people always ask, right, is, so can you tell me how you started in the speaking industry? And it's always like one of those, do you have three hours and do you want to hear the whole story, right? <laughs> right? Because it's all a journey in life. But I'm dying because I was the little girl, all right? So just recently in the last year have I been starting to share this story, Ryan, and you're going to love it. I was the little girl living in Pennsylvania in our basement with our one TV on Friday nights. Now, this is going to date me. So everybody, all your listeners will kind of know how old I am. I can throw a bleep in there if you want. Wait, no, it's okay. It's all good. You know what? I love aging. So I'm going to go with this. Okay, good. I was the girl and on Friday nights sitting there and watching. Are you ready? It was Fantasy Island Love Boat. Oh, know? my God. Yeah. I was, uh, I was a child and I was forced to watch that show at the time. So I'm with you on that. I'm dating myself a little bit. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I love that you were forced. I would beg. That was like my one night. So here's what happened though, Ryan. And I know you get this, right? It embedded in me. I, at third grade, dreamed of being Julie on the love boat. Like that little vision went into my heart and into my head and I never stopped thinking about it. It was always that little dream from a show. And by God, one day I made it happen. And it's a story that I share with adults and children because the world will never, like I never found that people aren't out there saying, yay, 
go for it. Whatever your dreams are, it's more of get your head out of the clouds, right? Like it really helped me create my mantra, which is I truly live by tell me no and watch me go. Because the more I was told you'll never do this, you need to go finish your college degree and be an attorney. The more I was fueled to say, okay, I'll get my degree, but I'm going to go travel the world and I'm going to be a cruise director. So that's another whole story someday that you and I can talk about. So I did it. And in Tahiti, ended up in Tahiti. Wow. <laughs> Tell me no and watch me go. That's So speaking of gingers, believe it or not, I actually have a ginger pen. And if you haven't seen these, these are very cool. It acts as a stylist. And then it has a little ginger carrot top with a very sort of microfiber that you can clean your screen with at the same time. So I am gonna I am gonna write down this quote with "Tell me no and watch me go" because I do stick figure drawings every day and you see them online. But that is a great whatever however many four or five words that sort of sums up this energy behind your inspiration from a love boat. Oh, and it, thank you. But it is truly I think you know, and this is what we're here to do, right? When you yeah. realize that everything you've been through is if you keep it canned up you're doing this world no service. But when we're willing to peel back the layers of the onion and learn from our journey, right? And then share it. But I just have to laugh. I know I had no idea we were going to talk about the love boat, but Ginger <laughs> and Gilligan's Island went to Julie. <laughs> awesome. So so you're, you're at a young age uh, or as you're in your youth, you're deciding these, these goals of exploring the world and being a cruise director and you made that happen. And what are some of these other elements of your story? I mean, where are, you, where are you from? Where do you physically live? Well, I actually live right now. We have moved three years ago to Arizona. We live in Scottsdale. Okay. But prior to that, spent most of my, raised the children in Kansas City. And that's where we moved after my father's you know, career moved us from Pennsylvania to the Midwest. So a lot of Midwest in me. And uh, my husband and I just said, we're done with the, um, the cold and the ice and we were ready for sun. And I'm thinking we might be visiting you in Catalina. <laughs> well, we got plenty of room on bingo too. We sleep about six people. So we're good. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, back to that sort of the classic question that, that people are curious about, how did your life experience land you on the stage? Was it one of those organic ones? Was it something that you had sought after? Uh, did somebody tell you no? And you're like, no, watch me go. <laughs> kind of, right? Like if you think about it, uh, you know, and I would love to say there's been like, again, little nuggets of vignettes in this journey, but it truly started, Ryan. And I'm going to, I have to just tell everybody. I mean, it happened because at the time where I was living and I met some people at the church I was going to at the time, and this woman walked up to me and she said, I feel like you have a story. Every time I talk to you, would you be willing to come talk to my high school kids? I just feel like there's something there. Hmm. unbeknownst to me, this was years ago, did I ever imagine that by doing that would turn into this ripple effect that then the school, I came back to do an entire auditorium filled for an entire event for the entire school district. And then there was all these adults standing there asking, do you ever speak for corporations? I want to bring your story and your energy in. And I was really sharing a very, very part of my past that was a very tough part, but I was I do that for children and for young people to realize that you can dream. You can have these beautiful dreams and don't let the world take that away from you. So um, you know, I kind of get a little graphic about some of the things from my past, but I haven't dwelled on it. So what that turned into, Ryan, is before I knew it, I'm now working and working with leaders around the country and helping them. And then one thing leads to another. I mean I don't know how many of these stories you want, but um give me you know, three. That's all. So the magic number is three. And I, I'm trying to reteach people how to count. 
and we all count one, two, three, four, five, six, and on, I think we should retrain ourselves to count one, two, three, many. No more than three. Simple. It happens to be a numerology number. It's my favorite number. There are three bears for a reason. There's three blind mice for a reason. And so I think ma- the magic number for me is three. So let's choose three fun little nuggets to share that encapsulates your story. And it'll get people to really know where you're coming from. And then I think it'll help them understand more about your advice and your tips. I love this. And by the way, I have written down in front of me the word ginger. And then I just put three next to it and put it in a circle. I love the simplicity of this, my friend. This is amazing. So next story. Yeah, I'm just going to do fast forward. But what that turned into, I happened to be living in Colorado at this time. And unbeknownst to me, this old, okay, go back to the tell me no, watch me go, which that whole story of what it took for me to become a cruise director, most people would have thrown the towel in when you really know what it took. But it gave me that desire, right? And I knew inside my soul, I have the fuel that I don't care if I want it bad enough. And I'm sitting there living in me, I'm going to make it happen. So I was the woman just doing all of this and helping out leaders, you know, and doing little things here and there, never was much. But I saw that I needed to get out and do something again. I needed, I always love to create businesses. I'm big on being an entrepreneur. I love to start businesses. Probably goes back to being six and selling soap to the neighbors. Uh, But you know, that's a story. We don't put that in the three. So, but take me to, I saw in the newspaper that there was going to be the once every eight years, the meeting of the eight presidents of the world, the summit of the eight Hmm. in Denver, Colorado. And my immediate thought was, Here I am, kind of bored, going, what am I going to do next? i got to figure this out. I thought, I wonder what they're doing to make this city look great and have a great first impression. I literally put on a suit, I kid you not, and I marched down to the mayor's office. I read the article. It looked like a lot of things were going to be being pulled out of the mayor's office. I walked in. At the time, I had two little children. I got a babysitter, and I marched in, and I said, what are you doing to make sure that everybody that's going to be interfacing with all these people, the press coming over... What are we doing to empower them so that they have a really great experience because this could make or break Denver? And Ryan, they looked at me and they said, we haven't even thought about that. What can you do? Uh. And in that moment, I started a business called Worldwide Etiquette. And I didn't even have a card yet. And I said, <laughs> I can help you with that. And let's make a goal that we're going to have a great first impression. I started a business called Worldwide Etiquette. And I uh, went made some business cards and started helping the restaurants and hosted um workshops in the big library downtown and they could send their servers, the managers of restaurants, anybody in the service industry to learn simple techniques and how to have menus looking right, um, gestures that are appropriate that are not, how to have basic communication skills. And from that, that catapulted me to being asked to be a part of the African-American consulate. Wow. Um, so, And that turned into being doing a lot of work with IBM, which turned into doing um, a ton of speaking with leaders around the world. So, you know, when people wonder what's possible, I say anything's possible. It's just a matter of where's your heart. Don't force it, right? Don't force yourself to do something that's not living, breathing, and waking you up in the morning and making you go, that's burning in my soul. So that's, is that number two story? That's number two. <laughs> so, let's, so let's recap. So, so are we talking, what is the classification of the first story? Was it the love boat? ginger or was it the, I think it was the speaking at the school. Okay. So the, the ginger was a backdrop. Okay. Got it. But you're, what you're saying is that just based on an opportunity to speak in an elementary school, 
with no hidden agenda. It's not like you're out there trying to uh, get it so that it leads to something else. Just because you want to share your story based on other people telling you that you have these amazing stories. Because I think we all have stories, but sometimes it takes a moment or a person to call us on it and be like, wow, that's a cool story. And I try to imagine things in the world of social media for people that are now, that's all they know. But back in the day when there was no social media, I'm trying to find these online and offline connections. So it's as though the conversation that you had with a person at your church was kind of like either a tweet or an Instagram or a Facebook long form story that you shared. And all of a sudden, this person that you're talking to liked it, retweeted it, shared it, and all of a sudden created this, I guess, this recognition in you that this is shareable content. And you shared that with an elementary school and you had other people that are looking at this quote unquote post and they're like, oh my gosh, this story is something that we would love to share with the corporate side of things. And so you have this sort of offline strategy and I encourage people now, if you're sharing your stories, if it happens to be in person or online, it can lead to sharing your story in more avenues. So that's, that's a really fun example of basically hearing from someone else, taking an opportunity, and then you never know what you're going to get. So there's the number one. I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then this number two is making a business based on kind of, how about making a business before a business card, right? Totally. (laughs) So this idea that if you find something in your gut that you realize has potential, why waste the time to sit there and plan and get a business card, but just go build your business before you make a business card. Totally. And you know what I love is actually think about this. I have a friend that actually started a business not too long ago, left Facebook. And um, long story short, he didn't even have a business card because the business, the consulting business had taken off. And I said, but isn't that kind of cool? How fun is that to know that what you're providing this world in service of providing your brilliance to help others, right? You don't need a business card. So to your point, and Ryan, I love how you just helped scale like that story, I'm literally having goosies when I heard you take the story I shared and then scale it to social media. And the one thing I would add that I just don't know if I miscommunicated, it was a high school that oh, I spoke at, not an I, elementary. So I just okay. want to make sure I get that right for the audience because they'll be like, you spoke to little kids? <laughs> you know what? That's my bad. And rather than go back and edit, we're just going to let it ride. Oh, yeah. And this is actually another interesting point is that even when you're saying things that are clear, people hear sort of whatever they hear. <laughs> and as an overall speaking kind of tip is that as a speaker, you are responsible for people receiving the message. And what you just did right there was exactly that. You took responsibility for your own story. You didn't hold it against me that it was misinterpreted. I didn't feel bad. You just clarified it for me and for everyone else. And that's a, that is a, an amazing skill as a speaker or communicator because you are taking the responsibility for me understanding, as opposed to you just just belting out and hoping that everybody gets it like it should be. Well, you know what? I just love being on this show with you. Do we want to do this more often? <laughs> sure. Hey, why not? We should have you as a guest co-host or something like that. And it should, uh, or every show maybe we should include a Hollyism, which I'm not sure what that is, but I, I see it in your bio. So we'll get to that after your third story. I love where you're going. But you know what? You just said something though. And I think that's a really profound moment that you you captured a moment with us communicating that when you think about what makes for great engagement with an audience, and whether it's big or small, I think this is a really thing we need to capture right now. But 
one of the things I think is really important is that, you know, people in the audience, they will ask questions of you, whether it's, again, a small workshop or a big room. But what I'm always cognizant of, Ryan, is make sure you own that space. Make sure that everybody heard what they asked and make sure you heard them correctly. So many times I'll say, just to make sure I heard you correctly. Mm. You just asked me because what happens is half the room couldn't even hear what that person asked you. And you go into answering them and forget that you have 90% of a room that has no idea what just took place. Right. Or they're sort of zoning out of the moment and just that all of a sudden now they've got their interest perked, but then your answer doesn't make as much sense without you either rephrasing the answer or clarifying now, were you ever a tutor? Because this sounds like a very classic tutor strategy. And for anybody who wants to know about how to effectively communicate, take lessons on being a tutor because there's specific ways to ask questions. There's amount amount of time to wait to let people answer questions. There's rephrasing, all this stuff. Like I've totally geeked out on the techniques of a tutor when it comes to communication, but that's a whole nother show. We might be building like five shows out of this thing. I love this. And actually I've never been a tutor, but I'm big on the art of listening. Okay. So we could do, we could combine that and powerful, easy questions that can reframe an entire conversation and somebody leaves feeling magnificent, right? Yes. I talk about some studies that have been done about engagement and they put two people in a room that haven't met each other. They talk and then they get exit surveys and evaluate. And the huge correlation is that the more people talk, the more they feel connected. And if you want other people to feel connected with you, talk less, ask more questions. Okay, so you're going to love this. Okay. And I want you to use this because we're going to share this one. Okay. Literally ask people, and I would challenge anybody listening to this, ask people in a room, close your eyes, and think about the last time you left a conversation with someone when you felt really good about yourself. You just went away going, wow, you felt energized and lifted, not drained. Most likely, 90% of the time, it's because they asked you questions, you did the talking, and they were great listeners. And you actually probably learned very little about them. But man, you feel awesome, right? And you will literally get people to laugh because it's so what you just said. It's exactly what you just said. But isn't it amazing how little we as grown adults actually think about engaging with people at that level? And to to bring this to the social media world, to make this modernized, if you're just constantly posting things but not engaging with people, you're not going to have that connection with people because it's really like how many people see and and scroll through their feeds of all the likes and likes and likes, but when there's an actual reply, then it's like, woo, and it's a thumb stopper. And so the same type of concept of listening online, it's oftentimes referred to as social listening online, you can insert yourself into conversations and actually spark conversation. Some of my favorite things are just Twitter conversations that are back and forth. And it's not just like, here's my tweet. It's here's my tweet. What do you guys think about this? And all of a sudden you really get people to engage and whether it's audience members, giving them a chance to ask questions or make comments and making them feel comfortable to even just uh, over a dinner or coffee, asking more questions and owning that silence. I love the awkward silence between conversation and it's kind of a fun staring contest with your ears to see, <laughs> <laughs> to see who gives up first. <laughs> I've never, it's staring contest with your ears. I like that. I love that. I had a great visual. You know, you're really good at visuals. Like I'm still picturing ginger. I've got the three <laughs> in my head, right? I mean, yeah. this is why you're brilliant at storytelling and whether it's online or on stage, because what people will remember is the sizzle, right? Yeah. The, the things you did to create a visual or a story to land the point. 
And you are, I love this. You are brilliant at this. This is just in your DNA, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 uh in my freckles, really. Yeah, you would you would love my whole three one three and we can talk offline about that, but I I'm super passionate about getting people to shorten the amount that they say to allow for this engagement. And so this three one three helps people take any idea or business concept or even you as a person, and I help people describe themselves or a business idea in three sentences and then one sentence mm. and then three words. Ooh, it's exciting. You see, that's, oh. that's what gets me up. You talked about you got to find something that you're passionate about that gets you up in the middle of, of the night just to like develop the idea further. For me, that is the 313. And once you find that beacon, everything else kind of falls into place because everything else either supports it or it doesn't. And the stuff that doesn't support that, you slowly start to fade out. And then everything that you're doing ends up sort of funneling into this one big traffic-free lane. Mm. I love that visual. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know what, though? Everybody listening, Ryan, can hear. See, I don't want anybody to miss the passion coming through the voice of your voice. Look oh, at yeah. the ideas, the brilliance. When people on, our, on, on their path of their gifts, their talents, their strengths, they're doing something that's coming so strongly from within, it's unstoppable. And all the ideas, look at all the things you're just throwing out. The ideas and the passion and the, just the emotion coming through, you cannot deny that. And we get to witness it. Yeah. And what's empowering is that that is something that will happen with any person who's listening to this that sort of acknowledges that and listens to themselves. Here we go. Talk about listening. You have to listen to yourself because if you can hear your own excitement, then that's a recognition of that you're on the right track. And I think sometimes we don't listen to ourselves enough to really realize. And, and I, I find people that are in, say, careers Maybe they have a, a side hustle that really, really is exciting to them, but they don't listen to themselves and see how exciting that hustle is and that they can incorporate some of the core things into their main job and just be happier and more fulfilled and do better work. Mm, it's so true. It's hey, so enough true. about me. Let's hear your third story. <laughs> oh, wait, the third story. Wait, I'm kind of liking this. I think I'm going to have you on my show. I think this is way too much fun. I, you've got all these things going through me I want to ask you. That's totally <laughs> what we'll do. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a pod swap. I just hashtag pod swap. Oh, okay. Let's do it. I'm gonna. We're gonna totally hashtag that, and we're doing it. You, um, I love, and I love the third story because it is so relevant. So, remember, two little children started. You know, the worldwide etiquette started doing all this stuff with leaders. Ended up in the you know African American consulate and doing work with IBM. Before you know it, I'm getting all this work to help really work with leaders and consultants. And I find that I'm really loving this, Ryan. Right? Like, it's not just about speaking. It's about it's far more than that. It's what can I do to help people like overcome the obstacles that are in their way? And I don't know, I just kind of started just falling in, listening to my voice, falling into the path or that traffic with the, the lanes with no traffic and just kept letting the doors open. So, but I do believe, and this is really important for listeners. I truly believe that no matter what good times or bad times we go through in life, there are opportunities to grow. And I've been through a lot of tough times, but those I can look at and say, but that had to happen in their seasons of life. So take me through at the time of my life, I'm now going through a really, really tough time. I'm going through a divorce and I'm doing a lot of work with this. I got a niche in an industry, in the insurance industry, where I'm working with a lot of brokers and I'm helping them build a book of business. And I'm really consulting them. And the CEO out of the East Coast asked me, you know, I was like, you're helping all of our brokers do this. You really should be one. And I just looked at him and I laughed and said, on your dead body, I would hate that. Mm -hmm. I just like working with them. 
I said that same thing probably over six months every time I was asked. And there came a day when I thought, you know, I said, you can't afford me. I tried every excuse in the book. And yet what kept happening was the twisting of the arm and the fingers and the toes. And finally, I thought, you know what, maybe this is what I'm meant to do right now because it's the timing. I'm single now with two children, right? There's financial security. But down deep inside, in that depth of Holly's soul, so I said, yes, I said, yeah, I'll do this. And I was determined, very competitive. I was determined that, oh, it typically takes a broker to build a book seven to 11 years. Well, I'm going to knock that one out of the park. I'll make this happen in a lot shorter time. And not a lot of women in the industry. Well, what happened was within two years, I had won President's Club. I was one of the first women in the entire Midwest to achieve what had happened. And the point to the story is, and I really feel like this is a good one for listeners to hear. You see, I made a choice that at the time was the right thing to do in the space and where I was in my life. But what happened over time is I got so far removed from the depth of who I was and what I love to do that I found myself going to my closet at night after I put the children to bed and I would cry myself literally in the closet or in bed and cry myself to sleep. I was miserable. I hated what I was doing. And you know what? The world was telling me I was really good. I was getting plaques. I was winning awards. I was making good money. I mean, I won President's Club, right? And I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. I, I feel really guilty that I'm not loving this. I was hating it. And it took one, mo- one moment. I woke up and I thought, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to make a plan to going back to having my business and working with a lot of clients, but doing what I feel driven to do where I can bring my best. And I didn't do it overnight, Ryan. I made a plan that was going to be 12 months because financially I knew I had to plan for my children. The amazing thing about this is that when you, again, back to what you were saying earlier, when you really listen and you follow, and I went back to making a plan for 12 months to get myself financially set. I reached out to old clients. Doors opened so fast, I can't even tell you. And I took that leap of faith. At 12 months with my plan, I resigned, all on good terms. They still wanted to use me and consult with me. So it was perfect. I ended up having them as a client. But here's the point of the story that still to this day I think I can do it without getting emotional. But the point of the story is you have no idea the impact you're making on the people around you when you think you're doing what you're supposed to do. When I left and the first within two weeks of going back to having my own clients, leaving that horrific, very draining um, experience, I'm in the kitchen with my two beautiful boys and we're cooking dinner and we have the music going. We love to dance. And it'd been a long time since we'd done that. And my oldest son turned off the music and he said, he goes, what's happened, mom? He goes, you're so happy. And my little one, who at the time had a little precious little lisp, and he goes, yeah, mommy. He goes, you don't yell at us anymore. Hmm. And in that moment, I thought, wow, I had no idea the impact I was having on even my children by being so miserable. So that was my confirmation that no matter what, I'm never going to look back. I'm going to look forward. And I'm not living in woe is me. I'm living in wow is me. And I'm going to be that mom. And I'm going to be that woman in this world that's going to continue to create an extraordinary life, no matter what it takes. I am, I am feeling you. I am giving you an official clap on thank behalf you. of everyone here. And it is a clap of thank you for the authenticity and, and just sort of being raw right there. But we've, we, I think a lot of people can relate to being miserable, but this ties back into listening. If you're not listening, 
And you can hear things, but you still maybe aren't listening because you hear these awards and you hear the accolades and, and you hear like as a very surface level, you assume that what you hear is good. But when you really stop and listen, you know, you hear things that you might not have ever heard before. And sometimes that comes up after the fact. And what a powerful concept. I think that the fear of stepping away from something that is secure is what holds a lot of people back. And it's kind of those, kind of the archetype situation where if you're looking for a girlfriend, you don't find them. But as soon as you stop, it appears. Or if you're searching for a job and you're like, I can't get a job. And then you focus not on getting the job, but focus on you people start giving you offers. And it's, it's this same type of pattern that is kind of a, a reoccurring theme, but it's played out in many forms in many ways among many people. And that's a, an inspiring example to trust, not trust your gut. I'm going to say, listen to your gut. Yes. Yes. And I love that you just said, um, and thank you. Thank you for, I could tell you were right there standing up and clapping. And I just want to say thank you um, because these are stories that I don't share a lot, not because I don't want to, it's just, it's just never been needed. Right. But I do want, you said something about stepping out of fear. And I truly believe that when people like us are given an opportunity, and, and this is something that ties to one of the things I was most excited about when you invited me to be on your show was as a speaker, the greatest gift you can give your audience is to put your ego in the back pocket. Don't choose to be a speaker for your ego, because if that's why you're doing this, it's for the whole wrong reason. Right. We are messengers and we are servants when we're in that space. And that yeah. is the difference to me of what makes for a really successful career. And it's being willing to, you know, to embrace fear. I mean, we got to face it. We got to lead by example. Um, so, you know. And if you're, if, so is it, I, I completely agree. And if you, me, and Ginger were on Gilligan's Island, we would cheers with our coconuts right now, and the professor would walk by and roll his eyes because he's working on some contraption get him, get us off the island. That's cool. But uh, <laughs> so so let's say that uh, that Marianne cruises by, and she's like, "Well, I like what you guys are talking about, but I'm not comfortable really communicating my story." Right? I mean. We talk about authenticity at the end of the day. That's what that's really the end result of you know being authentic and having a message to share. I think people have a message, but they don't know how to communicate it, or the ego might get in the way. So, what what would be your top three tips for somebody who has a message but doesn't know how to express it? And then after we understand those tips, we can we can take the next step, which is how would you encourage people to deliver the message in different arenas or areas or methods, right? So the first idea is from a tactical standpoint, is there anything that has really helped you out? Or when you're working with your clients, you're like, stop, we got we to gotta work on this first. Because I don't think you should be trying to get paid to speak. I think you should be passionate about stories to share and people will pay you that. So I'm curious your top three tips when it comes to creating this authentic delivery of a real message. Mm. Oh, I love that. And can I just say though, Ryan, I ha- I'm, st- I'm laughing because I had this visual when you took me back to the island with Ginger <laughs> okay. and Marianne. And the reason I have to say this is because I, my husband and I laugh because I'm like, I used to always want to be Ginger. Like that would be the one I'd want. And he goes, I used to think Marianne was the hot one. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, the good thing your husband wasn't on the island. I'm glad that you got up and found him because that could have been dangerous. Well, yeah. And right as you said that, my, my face, I just started glowing. I'm just picturing that comment. I'm like, great. You, of course, say Marianne walks by. <laughs> I was going to say the skipper, but like, I didn't think he'd be really into sharing his story. He's more of a grump and into himself. And like, he's just more concerned about slapping Gilligan on the head with his hat. You know what? I think we're going to do a whole story on just Gilligan's Island because now it's just killing me. I got to have, we got to do something. This is way too fun. <laughs> Hashtag pod swap. Do island it. Pod style. swap. We're doing it. Island style. Oh, that'd be a whole talk. And um, I'll make sure that I'm on my boat with reception just to make it really authentic. Will you promise? I yeah. swear. I want that. I would love that. Okay. We're totally doing that. And I know everybody listening is going to be like, okay, when, when are they going to do this? Cause then we have to dangle the carrot back to the ginger and make sure that we're dangling and letting people know. Okay. So back to the message. Yes. I love that question. And I think, um, you know, it's so interesting, isn't it? That right now, currently in our space, in our world, stories are a big buzzword. So you see this even within the corporate space, you're seeing a lot of leaders getting workshops around storytelling. Like as a leader, people want you to be authentic, tell a story, right? Make yourself real. And it's easy for people like you and I to be thinking in that space. But to your point, not everybody's comfortable with sharing a story. So one of the things that I would say first tip is no one, and I'm going to say this as though I'm putting the velvet hammer down, Ryan, (laughs) no one No one, dang it, gets to tell your story but you. You write your own story. It starts with you. And if you have, everybody's got a story. I truly believe everybody has a story that if they can get clear on and get honest with it, there's somebody else's life that can be impacted because of it. But I would say, get out a journal. And this is what I do. I call it 2020, 2020, 20. I say, what's your vision? 2020. I take 20 minutes of my own meditation, prayer, quiet time. It's my self-reflection, the most important time of my day. And number two, I walk or swim. And in both of those spaces, it's my time to be completely alone. I listen. There's so much wisdom that can come from within, but we're really great as human beings to shove so much knowledge in because we think we're trying to obtain knowledge from others. Start listening to within. And start writing what's coming. And there's a few questions you can ask yourself. Just put at the top of a page, what am I fascinated by? What's my successes? What's my wins in life? What drove that, right? And maybe what are some of the hurdles, but what got you through? I always say our resilience is golden. So your message is around your wins, your successes. What makes you brilliant in this world? What do you love? What fascinates you? And also, what do you te- what have you been through? Don't shove it under the carpet. Own it. Honor it. And figure out what it is that drove that. What is it that tapped into your resilience to get you through those really dark times? That's where you're going to find your story. And nobody can do that but you. That's my first piece. I dig it. I like the actionable steps there to actually have a journal and this pun on 2020 vision to have 20 minutes of self-reflection and then I'm assuming 20 minutes to really uh, sort of explore some of these thoughts based on questions like what am I fascinated by, what are my successes, what am, that kind of stuff. So is it a 20-minute activity and then a 20-minute writing? Well, I actually do 20 quiet time, 20-minute exercise alone, okay. whatever okay. that is. And then I do 20 minutes of writing. And so it's I have 20, 20, 20. There's three yeah. sets of 20. Look there at that. Is. Look at that. It's your three. And I always say my vision is 20, 20, 20, not just 20, 20. Oh my goodness. It's the three. It's happening. You can can call it like the 23, three seconds 20. I'm writing that one down. Which is 60, which is easily dividable by three as well. 
It's like a <laughs> okay. Oh God, uh, so let's focus. Let's focus on let's focus on number two. What is what is the number two top tip for uh, you know the mechanics of expressing the story that you're finding with the twenty three? Well, and I think that when you say mechanics, you know, are we are we thinking about somebody that's actually never shared their story? Or are we thinking about people that actually are out there and talking and speaking, whether a leader and doing it? Well, here's, here's the thing. The, the first tip really caters to people that, the former, the people that have a story, but they don't know how to share it. So if you have a story and you're at that stage, do the 20-20-20. If you are a speaker who's already speaking, do the 20-20-20. But I think the second tip should be for once you're way past six months into the 20-20-20, and uh, you are speaking, you've spoken at a high school, and now you're speaking wherever. What are some of those the, like second-tier tactics? Second-tier tactics are get really good at listening to clients because your story can weave, but it needs to be relevant. So it may mean that once you're at a place now that you're getting comfortable, you've shared your story, it's got a message, what people will begin to want from you is the experience they had with you. And this is important because I have found that a lot of my I've been very, very blessed speaking around the world, but my clients are all referral. And it's not because Holly came and shared 45 minutes of all about Holly. It's because what Holly did was found a way to really listen to the clients, ask them what their needs are. What do you really want this event to be? What do you really want this small or large experience? What do you want people walking away with? Then it's up to us to lean into knowing which story of ours is relevant. So for example, the story of the cruise ship was a great story I shared not too long ago at a kickoff for back to school for all of Bentonville, Arkansas. All the teachers and administrators came in. And I, but would I ever share the one about, you know, leaving the corporate world? No, that's relative to the corporate arena or entrepreneurs. My point is get really clear on knowing what do your clients want? And this actually brings me to a piece that Ryan, I, I really want us to hit on. And what that is, what's your expertise? You can't go launch yourself into a speaking career unless you have a reason people want to hear from you. So part of that is going to be pulling from your story. You know, whatever that is, has given you this platform to have something to share with people and a reason they want to listen to you. But make it about them, right? Tie it to them, tie it to their outcomes, to their needs. We could spend two hours talking about this. I get kind of excited. Yeah, no, I, I can't tell at all. You sound super depressed. Like the person <laughs> like the person looking at their PowerPoint slide as they read it with their back to the audience going, this is what I'm really passionate about. <laughs> and PowerPoint, that's another subject, right? <laughs> yeah. They're for leading, not reading, everyone. Yes. Oh, I love your lines. Yes. <laughs> Amen, Bretta. <laughs> All right. It's in a stick figure form somewhere on my uh, Instagram or Twitter. Okay. So we got a basic beginner tip. Then we have a mid-range tip. What is one of the most advanced tips that you can give someone as an emerging or existing or super experienced professional speaker? I'm going to say this no matter how seasoned you are. The minute you let you get in your own way and you let your ego get in, they know it. Bam. No matter how experienced, no matter how revered you are, Always show up as a servant in that space. I don't care if it's thousands or if it's 10. You are there to serve and they can sniff you out if you think it's about you. Mm -hmm. I, that's huge to me. That's People ask because I'm like, all my business is referral and it's because of that. I'm not there to make it the Holly show. It's about what can I do to serve and support this group, this event, 
right? And what is it they really want their people leaving, thinking, and feeling? And when you can do that, my friends, you will have a business that you won't even, I get, I'm at a place now, Ryan, I love it. I get to turn business down. Yeah. That's a, that's a joy. And when I say that, I don't want people to think that's being selfish or greedy. No, it's about knowing my limits and knowing where I can serve you at the highest level of making that experience and knowing what that's not my expertise. But boy, I do know some speakers that are great at negotiation skills or coming in and talking about neuroscience. That's not my thing, right? And I'm not going to play there. So stop trying to be everything to everybody. That's another tip to highly seasoned professional speakers. Don't you see that happen a lot, my friend? Oh, so many times. And I want to piggyback off of that because if you have opportunities that come your way that's not within your swing zone, one of the best things you can do is say, that's not in my swing zone, but let me introduce you to Holly. She's all about that. In the world of professional speaking, there's nothing I love more than giving a straight up referral to somebody and place them into a speaking spot on the stage. And that favor has come back so many times. And this is an interesting transition into the, the, the latter, the, kind of our final third act here, right? the third act. <laughs> the third is act. That I've, I've referred tons of people to speaking engagements that maybe aren't in my swing zone. And I have been referred from those same people a ton of opportunities where they identified this would be great for Ryan. So it's that, again, serving your other, other speakers um, and learning, listening to them about what their expertise is and the organizers will respect you for giving them someone that's a better fit and you will be in their mind for a better fit later on. Just, mm. I, yes. Yes. And I love that you just did that because I think people stay so siloed. I don't know what it is. It's the fear. It's the fear of if I give somebody the business, are they never going to have me back, right? I don't know what stops people, but you know, this world functions because we chair, we choose joy, we choose to share, we choose to give, right? And a client's going to love you even more. And they're going to come back to you when they know you're going to be perfect for what they need. But when yeah. you refer them, when I send somebody and say, I, I've got this amazing guy. He's perfect for what you need. His name is Ryan. Here, I'm going to make an intro. Trust me, you've just made that client even happier because you're about serving the client, yes. not us, right? Yep. And that, that people maybe think, oh, that's, that sounds better than it is. But I have to just say that is what happens. I was, uh, I'm, I'm speaking at a conference in 2018. They've already booked me and it's all set up. And they've reached out to me to help find other speakers. And I've helped place three or four people that I know with them. And they sent me an email back just going like, oh my gosh, like we are so excited about you not because of what I'm bringing, but because of the people that I'm bringing, right? <laughs> They're like, wait, Ryan, um, we kind of like everybody else. Now. <laughs> I get to halo on that. I get to trail off of that. So, you know, I'm able to bring speakers that are, that are I wouldn't say higher energy, but, uh, you know, other potential people to the table that, like, I respect and I learn from. And really, it, it is the one thing that for me has maybe been kind of, the, how can I say this? Uh, I would say the one boat that the professor keeps making, which actually gets me further and further from the island each time. Mm. Oh, that's a great visual. Yeah. Okay. So that's number one. We, I, we just kind of blended that one together. Yeah, we did. That was a good one. <laughs> in order to get more speaking gigs, help others get more speaking gigs. Mm. Absolutely. What's yeah. number dose? 
You know, it's interesting. As you were talking, I was listening and thinking, you know, you just hit on something that I want to take it to the next level. I find you want to keep, it's, it's about having more consistent, you know, business, but do you know your lineup? Do you know who the client has before you coming on stage? Who's going to be after you? Do you take the time? One of the best gifts you can give your client. I always ask permission to sit in on the beginning sessions or the, the tail end of the day before, if I'm on in the morning for one, listen to what's being rolled out. Listen to what that audience is hearing prior to you. Get to know the speaker before you. I've even been known many times I'll reach out eight months in advance and we'll get on the phone and talk about mm. what they're planning on doing. And I want it to weave. I am not a fan of speakers walking in and it's out of a box and it's canned and they have no idea who their flipping audience is, nor do they know what the audience is really there for the overreaching theme and why one person was before you and another person after you. So take the time to get to know the other speakers and what are they going to be talking about, right? And maybe you, and I love to listen to the people before me and I'll weave right to it when I go up on stage because then it's the client, it's seamless. Everybody's there to serve the client. I love it. So, so to build off of that, here's an online strategy that I use. I love Twitter. It's my favorite platform because it's all about simplifying the message. That's just my core. I hate Facebook, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. What I do, if I, when I'm going to an event that I'm speaking at, I will find all of the other speakers on Twitter. I will connect with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will actually spend a few minutes on their profile and, and like or share or show support for the content that I agree and like. I take all of them and I put them on a Twitter list and then that way I can actually engage with them on Twitter well prior to it and support them along the way. And that sort of Twitter love is a great way to build relationships with people this eight months before or something like that. So using Twitter lists to connect with and aggregate these groups of speakers, it's a very, very high impact, low effort tactic. I, I love that. And it's, it's just, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, yeah. we, if everybody could be doing that and guess what? The other speakers love it too. I just oh, yeah. did that with a group of speakers. I was speaking at the United Nations a few weeks ago for a big annual event for the girl up initiative and some amazing celebrities, all kinds of amazing speakers on the docket. And that's exactly what we did. We made, we got everybody's names and everybody was hashtagging each other and getting everybody excited because we're all there to serve, right? One common purpose. And so to your point, do it as far out as you can, but look at those simple things. I always say, guess what gang, this isn't rocket science, right? Actually quite common sense. It's just not common practice. (laughs) I like that. So what is the one final no brainer trick to helping people book more business? That is one of these items that everybody has access to do, but not everyone is doing. Go where the love is. Go Go where the love is. The love is. You want to know what that means? Yes, please. Stop trying to drum up new business from cold leads. Hmm. Start where the love is. Go with the people. Even if it's been five years and you had an experience with the client, stay close to the people that you had a great experience with. Reach out to them. Stay in touch with them. Go where the love is. You won't have to beat doors down. You won't have to prove yourself. They will be asking you for more. They love being stayed in touch with, especially meeting planners, gang. Meeting planners are the king and queens that we should be taking very good care of. And you never know when somebody leaves, but one company moves on to a next, but they'll never forget you. And being an amazing speaker to work with who has an amazing team around them, and they're there to serve and make their life easier. 
So just go and love us. Well, I am feeling the love, Holly. I mean, we, I really feel like in this last 45 minutes, I've gotten to know you. I've gotten to learn more of your story. You've been a great listener from my perspective to where I don't feel like you've just been a talking head on the show. <laughs> and the tips are always great reminders, even for myself and, and even just to hear you reiterate some of these simple things to do. So I'm inspired. Uh, I'd love to hashtag pod swap and sometime be on your podcast. Yes. And I have a feeling that we will stay in touch. And I think that our Gilligan's Island ginger nation pride uh, combination here is something that like you talk to me in 50 years. I'll be like, Oh, I remember that one where we kept talking about <laughs> Gilligan's Island. <laughs> You know what? I think we've just started something. Whenever you want, whenever you want to talk again, we'll do this as many times. We can keep different topics going. I know you have an amazing listenership and if people want to know more about certain topics we hit on, just let me know, Ryan. I love tag teaming with you. This has been a joy and you will be on my show, The Celebration of You. And I can't wait because I get to talk and shine the spotlight on you, my dear. Sweet. I'll put on some sunscreen because gingers are sensitive to light. Well, hey, everybody. This is the Ginger MC. Uh, This has been amazing. Check out Holly. We'll have a bunch of stuff in the show notes, but check out hollydowling.com. It's spelled like it sounds. H-O-L-L-Y-D-O-W-L-I-N-G. And follow her on Holly D. Dowling. I'm looking forward to connect further. You have an amazing day, week, year, life, all that stuff, and we'll be in touch soon. Absolutely. Thank you, my dear. You're amazing. All right. Take care. (laughs) Bye.